Mary. Join me as we look at Disney destinations and what you need to know so you can be a jolly traveler. Hi friend, hope your day is off to an amazing start. Today we are going to talk about a whirlwind girls trip that I just returned from late last night and I want to fill you in on the changes that I have noticed since my family and I were there this summer and just kind of fill you in on some new things I learned. So buckle up and here we go. Our adventure starts with our flight out of Nashville on Friday afternoon and we arrived in Orlando at about 6.30ish or so. And it was myself and three other friends. And we packed light because we knew we were going to have a quick trip. So we just carried carry-on bags. We got off the airplane and we grabbed our bags and headed straight to the Magical Express with our luggage. And the bus was waiting right there for us as we got there. So we climbed right on board the Magical Express and took off for the Pop Century. We arrived at the Pop Century. We had already done our online check-in before we left. And you can do that really now as soon as your reservation is made or as soon as your travel advisor makes that reservation for you you can go ahead and do that online check-in so that you are good to go. You don't have to stop by the front desk. And Disney really encourages people to do that now to cut down on social distancing. So we were able to get our room notification. I think we had just gotten to Orlando or maybe it was before we left. I cannot remember. But anyway, we would gotten our room notification that our room was ready. And I had put in a room request for us for a certain building and a certain view. And we were able to get that. And we took our luggage straight to our room. And one thing I want to tell you about is something at this resort. So we stayed at Pop Century. For people that may not have never stayed in Pop Century or have not stayed at the Pop Century Resort since they finished a recent refurbishment, the rooms now for the most part are going to include two queen beds. When you arrive to your room, you're going to see the one queen bed, a traditional bed, and then you're going to see a table and chair. Now, I, what I want you to know is that table and chair, The if you pull the chairs back and pull the table down, that is a Murphy bed. So that's going to be your second queen bed. I, a lot of people mistakenly think that there is only one bed and have a little moment of panic, but I want to assure you there is another bed and it's just as comfortable as the other bed. It doesn't feel like sleeping on a buckboard. It's equally as comfortable as the existing freestanding bed that is there. So we took everything to our room and we were famished. Hungry as bears. Now, I want you to think outside the box when you're at Disney a little bit. There's all kind of options that you can do. So don't pigeonhole yourself into thinking, oh, well, this is where we are and this is what we have to do. Currently, with Disney trying to really be aware and conscious of social distancing, they've put lots of things into place that might have been different before. Used to, it was easier to get and do different dining experiences outside of your resort and without a reservation, but it's gotten a little harder since these new guidelines have gone into place. So at Pop Century, you have the food court that is there. 
And with all quick service and for 99% of them, you have to mobile order, which means you're going to go into your My Disney Experience app. You're going to place your order. You'll have a card or Disney gift card linked in your My Disney Experience app. You'll go ahead and pay for it. And then you'll have to let them know when you're ready for them to prepare your food. And then once you've done that, then they will give you a text to let you know your order is ready and to pick it up at window number, blah, blah, blah. Now, I love the Pop Century. I know we've talked about I stay there a lot just because I go frequently. For me, I'm able to go more frequently if I stay more economically with the rooms a lot of the times. So at Pop, they have the food court. Now, the food there is perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with the food. I just, it is it is kind of a more crowded, and I don't want to say chaotic, bustling. Let's say bustling, bustling area. So my friends that have not been to Disney in a while, and us getting off, we all had just worked a half day. We'd been in the airport. We've been on a plane. We've been on the Magical Express. We're just ready to eat. I thought, let's think of maybe something a little more outside the box to do for our dinner than to get our food from the Pop Century Food Court. What we did was we took the Skyliner from the Pop Century, since two of the four had never been on the Skyliner, and we rode the Skyliner to the Riviera Resort. If you were to have your own car and try to drive and do this at the Riviera without a dining reservation at Topolino's, you would be turned away. You would not be allowed to do this. But if you're staying at a resort that has the Skyliner access, you can totally do this. Or if you're coming from Epcot or Hollywood Studios, where you can ride the Skyliner over, totally okay. So we decided to utilize the quick service at the Riviera. None of them had seen the Riviera before. So I took them around and showed them the beautiful tile work. When you get off of the Skyliner and you're walking to the Riviera, they have the most beautiful tile work that you have ever seen. The detail is amazing. I want you to stop and really pay attention to how many little pieces of tile are on these beautiful pieces of art. One is dedicated to Peter Pan, which holds a special place in my heart. And the other is the lantern scene from Tangled. Absolutely stunning. So I took them through there. We had already placed our order. We had already told them we were there, and so we were just waiting to get our notification that the food was ready. They do have indoor dining options at the quick service at the Riviera, but it was such a nice night, and it was already kind of dark, and we just thought it would be so nice to maybe eat outside. We stumbled upon the cutest little area down by the water. We could watch the Skyliner as it went back and forth. There were four chairs there. We were seated around a fire pit. The fire pit was not on because it was still about 80 degrees. So we appreciated the no fire pit. But if you were to go when it was a cooler night and that fire pit was lit... How lovely would that be? And they mobile ordered, notified us that our food was ready. We went and picked it up and had a lovely dinner right down by the water. And it was just something different. You know, we could have had quick service and spent the same amount of money at Pop Century, but we had a completely different dining experience. So just think outside the box there. And that's what we did. And that kind of set the precedence for, you know, what was to come for our whirlwind trip. So we ate there under the stars, 
took the Skyliner back to our resort and headed to bed. The next morning was our full day at Magic Kingdom. And so we got up. The park opened at 9 a.m. If you look at the bus transportation monitors at your resort, it's going to tell you the buses don't start running until a half an hour before your park opening. That is not accurate. So I'm just going to tell you right now, not accurate. The buses will start running as much as an hour before park opening sometimes even earlier than that something to keep in mind another thing about transportation that was different from when I was there last time last time I was there about a month ago they had buses running to all four parks now the two theme parks Epcot and Hollywood Studios did not have as many buses because they are encouraging guests to use that Skyliner system so there still were some sporadic buses going to and from Epcot and Hollywood Studios, but not as many. As of, I don't know when it started, but pretty recently, they now have signs up saying, use the Skyliner transportation. So there were no buses going from Pop Century to those two parks. The exception to that would be if there are storms in the area and they have to shut down the Skyliner for safety, they will start those buses again to get you back and forth to those parks. So just something to think about if you're staying at Pop Century and you're thinking, oh, I'm not going to use the Skyliner to get to Hollywood Studios because I think it's going to be crowded. It's going to be crowded and that's because everybody at Pop Century is going to be trying to use the Skyliner because that's the only way to get there unless you Uber or Lyft. With that being said, if you're driving to Disney staying at Pop Century, I would totally drive to Hollywood Studios for sure. No questions about that. If you don't have a car, I highly recommend doing Uber or Lyft over the Skyliner. You can still get there with the Skyliner, but if that boarding pass, the boarding group at 10 o'clock is important to you, maybe avoid the Skyliner there. You'll be fine on the way back, but getting there, it's a little hairy. Back to Magic Kingdom Day, we caught the bus about 8 o'clock. The park opened at 9 o'clock. The bus came. There was kind of a lengthy line, but they had bus after bus after bus after bus waiting. They would literally load the bus, keeping the social distance guidelines in place that were there before. They would leave another bus right behind. Same thing. So even though the line was long, just hang in there because Disney did a great job at having bus after bus after bus waiting to get people to the theme park. We got to Magic Kingdom, went through the temperature screening first and then security, scanned in, and we were right in the middle of Main Street. You have the opportunity to kind of mosey around, check things out. The park officially opens at 9 a.m. Now, keep that in mind, officially opens at 9 a.m., What we found on this trip, and I can't say that this is the way it always is, but this is what happened with us. We're going to start at Jungle Cruise, which is my normal go-to. If you've heard previous podcasts, we start with Jungle Cruise and then we work our way around. We were waiting for Jungle Cruise and we overheard a cast member telling someone else that they had heard that the Pirates of the Caribbean was already going. And this was probably about quarter till nine, I would say. Maybe a little earlier, maybe 20 till nine. 
Anyway, when we heard that, we were like, well, we'll just go right on over there and check that out because it's right next door. And sure enough, Pirates of the Caribbean was going strong. So we rode Pirates of the Caribbean, headed right back to Jungle Cruise. By that time, it was 9 o'clock. Jungle Cruise was loading their first boat. We got on that and did the Jungle Cruise. So while that's not always the case that it opens before park opening where attractions will start, Sometimes it is the case, so just keep that in mind too. You don't want to be stuck going through a gift shop on Main Street and missing out on getting to get on a ride a little early and beat that crowd if you can. Use that shopping time for later in the day when the crowds might be a little higher and take advantage of those lower wait times. When we finished those two attractions, unfortunately at that time, Splash and Big Thunder was down for whatever reason they were down. They were not operating right then, so we just went right on and started doing some other things. Now, I want to talk about the crowds in comparison from when I was there a month ago. Yes, the crowds were more, but still nowhere near what it was like before everything shut down. I know I've had some clients very concerned. They're looking at wait times on the app and they're saying, I'm seeing wait times go up. I'm hearing crowds are getting more. Should we be panicked? No, do not panic. Do not panic. The crowds are more, still very low. You're going to see wait times that are going to be higher. My experience on this trip was that if a wait time said 40 minutes, we would get in line and it would take us 15, 20 minutes. So we tended to see that the actual wait time was lower than the listed wait time on the app. So just take that into consideration too. And then another thing, when we were on attractions that was a little longer of a wait, something like a flight of passage or a seven dwarfs mine train, the thing that is different from the fast pass days were if you were in a standby line for an attraction, you were literally standing by. They were funneling in all the fast pass groups first and they are working you in between those groups. So the wait seemed a lot longer. With fast passes now not available, what they have going through the fast pass queue are those people with rider swaps or with the disability pass. So those people are very small. So your line is continually moving. I don't know if it's a mental thing or what, but if I'm continually moving and making forward progress, the weights seem so much more manageable than if you just stand in a location not moving for quite a bit of time. So just know that the lines are moving and the lines are going to look long. The lines, when if you have gone before shutdown versus after shutdown, you're going to look at the lines and think, oh my good heavens, what have I done? Because the lines are going to be like going out of the attraction and going down the side of a queue and going down a walkway. It's going to look like the hugest line you've ever seen. But you have to take into consideration they have social distance everyone through that queue. So the, the queue itself is going to look so long, but it's a continual moving experience and it gets you through in no time at all. I asked my friends that I was with, you know, they kept making comments about, wow, this place seems so empty. Is this a Saturday? You would think this would be, you know, a lot more busy. Just keep that in mind. There are more people. It is a little more crowded, 
but it's still much less crowded and less busy than before the shutdowns. We got to enjoy the Halloween decorations. They had the cavalcades that were Halloween inspired. So that was so much fun to see those. I had a friend of mine that has done the Halloween party before and she was like, this is the way to do it. Like this is even better than the Halloween party because while they don't do the whole parade that they would normally do at that Halloween party in one segment, because if you did that, you're going to have people piling up. They would do like a little clip of it and then allow that to clear out. And then a little while later, there'd be another section of the parade. So you're, you're getting the parade without it being a parade, if you will. So that was really nice to enjoy. We had some great food while we were in the Magic Kingdom. We ended up deciding not to do quick service, which we had originally thought. And that morning, I got up and looked and was able to find a lunch reservation at Liberty Tree. And that's a place that I've always really enjoyed. So that they said, yes, let's do that. They have changed the menu just a little bit. And every it's a price fix menu now. So they serve it family style. It's all you can eat for one price. So I want to say it was $39 per adult. That includes your beverage, your dessert, which is the best dessert. I'm just going to tell you. And you have turkey, pot roast, pork, macaroni and cheese, mashed potatoes, green beans, salad, rolls, your drink. Now, what was interesting, I've eaten in Liberty Tree Tavern a lot of times, but what they did, and I was so happy that they did, they had an overflow dining section in the Diamond Horseshoe, which I've never eaten at before, just because I've not heard the best things about the food. So I just had never done it. Never even stepped foot in the restaurant. They had the overflow going into that restaurant since that restaurant has not reopened. And it was absolutely beautiful inside that restaurant. And they sat us at a table like it was an elevated, almost like um, if you think of an opera house, how they have special opera boxes. They're kind of elevated in their own little section. That's where we sat, right next to a great big beautiful stage that they had a piano on. And it was so nice. It was quiet. There were maybe, I would say... 20, 25 tables in that overflow seating. It was quiet and cool and just the perfect lunch. The ladies I was with, they said that they they really enjoyed that meal. And I know I did because I ate a lot of it. So we had our Thanksgiving dinner a little early, it felt like, and it was fabulous. We enjoyed the rest of Magic Kingdom. We rode literally everything that they wanted to ride. They weren't so interested in the teacups. We were not big swirly, swirly girls. So we didn't do that. We did not do the magic carpets of Aladdin. There were a few little things that we didn't do. The Barnstormer, little things like that. But all of the big rides we did and had the best time. The park closed at 7 that day. We ended up leaving a little early. So I want to tell you what we did there in case you're interested. We had dining reservations in Disney Springs. And currently, the theme parks do not have park buses that go from the parks to Disney Springs. So if you have a dining reservation and you're going from a park to Disney Springs, you're not going to be able to go straight there on a bus from a theme park anymore as of right now. What we ended up doing, we were at Magic Kingdom. We took the resort monorail from the Magic Kingdom over to the Grand Floridian because they had never been there. And I took them on a tour of the Grand Floridian and let them see that. And then we from the Grand Floridian 
took the Grand Floridian bus to Disney Springs. So that's a little workaround. So if you wanted to do that, you could ride the monorail to the Contemporary and take the Contemporary bus to Disney Springs. Otherwise, if you don't do that, you're going to have to take your bus back to your home resort, then from your home resort to Disney Springs. And that just gives you a little time to, if you've never seen the inside of a resort and you've always wanted to look at it, that might be a way to to do that. So it's kind of killing two birds and one stone. Went to Disney Springs had a wonderful dinner at Chef Art Smith's Homecoming, which is like country cooking to the max. We ate, and let me just tell you, I had never had the hummingbird cake before. We had it this time forever and always. If I go there, even if I don't have room to put it somewhere, I'm getting a piece of that hummingbird cake and bringing it back and eating it for breakfast. It was the best cake so good. What I was not as thrilled about at Disney Springs, number one, it reached capacity, so it was crowded there. We wanted to visit the World of Disney store there. That was a train wreck. That was an absolute wreck. You had to walk 1,300 miles to get to the one set of doors that was the entrance. They had multiple cast members at the exits with the, the little things they have at the airport, like directing airplane traffic sending you all to this long line to get into the World of Disney store. Let me tell you, if you can find a souvenir somewhere else in a park at a different store to avoid. Now, if you went in the day, it would probably be different, but don't try to go there at night at Disney Springs to do that. Eh, bad. Don't do it. That's my warning. You've been warned. (laughs) So we went back to the resort after Disney Springs, after a big dinner, And our next day, which we were flying out the next day, later flight. So we were going to spend all of our day in Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom opened at 8. We knew that we wanted to be at the bus stop by 7. Like I told you, those buses run early. But we got there a little extra early. We were in the line by 6.45. I know that's crazy early for some of you people. And I apologize. This is just how I roll. 6.45, we were at the bus stop. The sun was starting to come up and the bus came and I was like, okay, this, this is good. Got on the bus, got right to Animal Kingdom and I started looking around and I quickly figured out we were the very first people at the gates at Animal Kingdom and I thought, this, this has never happened to me ever before and I'm an early bird girl. Never has this happened. So I, I told the people that I was with, I was like, okay, we are going to make a beeline to Flights of Passage. Whenever they open the gate to let us through, that is where we're going. They opened up the gate early. I want to say they started letting us into to the park about 7.30. And I'm going to admit something I'm not very proud of. I, you know, this is between friends. I'm kind of a competitive person. And when I saw I, we were among the first at Animal Kingdom, in my mind something clicked and it said, You could be the first person in the flight of passage line. Now, I have been there before with a sea of humanity like no one has ever seen before. So it never even entered my mind that this opportunity would be presented to me. And when I saw that it could possibly happen, in my mind, it was like game on. So I told the three people I was with, I was like, listen, we are going to, now you don't want to run. I'm not condoning running. We don't ever want to run. But there is a thing called speed walking. And I clicked into my speed walk and away we went and ended up 
getting right behind a cast member that was leading us through the queue and was the first people to go through Flight of Passage. It was like the Super Bowl for me. It was like a a bright shining moment in my life. First person through the Flight of Passage queue. Some people that would mean nothing to, but to me, I was super excited. We rode Flights of Passage, which that was all three of their very first times to do it and their very favorite new ride. We rode that and we rode Navi River before eight o'clock. So before the park was even officially opened, we had already had those two things and we were off to Everest. We had a great time at Animal Kingdom. We ended up riding Flights of Passage three times. I'm going to let you in on a little known tip on Flights of Passage. Have your pen and paper ready. Here we go. When you get to Flights of Passage and you are fixing to be told what line to get into by the cast member, you're going to see a group of lines that go up. So you're going to be walking up kind of an incline. And then to your right, you're going to look and you're going to see a group of lines that go down. Ever so sweetly, ask the cast member if there's any way that you can go to the lines that are going down. The reason is because you get a totally different experience from the lower level than the upper level because the way the ride is, if you're in that, if you're boarding from the groups that are on the lower level, the graphics and what you're looking at looks like you are really where you're supposed to be in the visual sequence of things. It's a totally different experience. The first time we rode, I did not request it. And we went on the upper level. And the women rode it and they loved it. They were just in all over the ride. So when we decided to go back a second time, I I requested lower level. And I said, okay, I just want to see, you know, your feelings on how you feel it is upper versus lower. If you could tell a difference. And by far, all three of them were like, oh, yes, we can tell a difference. So needless to say, the third time I asked again if we could be on the lower level. So we rode there again, too. Just... You know, if you didn't know any difference, you're not going to know, but I do know now, and so I'm going to share with you. Just make that request. We were there um, most, well, every minute that we could until we had to catch the Magical Express back. We ate at Satuli Canteen, and we all had the chicken bowls there. Very tasty. Um, I'm trying to think, did we eat anything else there? We went to one of the little carts that sells the frozen chai tea. I took them to that. But once we got over there, we all decided on something else. It was really hot. And that frozen chai tea makes you think of like um, Christmas. And it was feeling more like 4th of July. So we ended up getting different little uh, frozen drinks. And that was really good. But I think that's the only thing we had to eat there was our satuli and those drinks. So, but we had an absolutely fabulous day at um, Animal Kingdom. Again, did everything we ever thought about doing and then some. So, we really used those, those two days. Really, it was just one and a half. But, man, we really packed a lot into that time. And, you know, it just goes to show you... If you have a short amount of time that you can do something, you really can still pack so much into that trip in a short amount of time. If I or anybody from my company can help you answer any questions about that, 
get you some pricing, give you some counsel on that. We would love to help you in any way. Like I said, this was such a great trip with those women. It was short, but we um, we used every moment and had just a blast. Thanks again so much for tuning in. And I look forward to my next episode where I'm going to be sharing with you some of my favorites from around the parks and why. So stay tuned and I can't wait to be with you again very soon. Thanks for joining me. I'm so grateful for our community. Until next time, whether traveling the world, the neighborhood, or just through life, remember, travel jolly.